0: Welcome to rocking our priors. Now, the other day I was chatting to my friend from Uzbekistan and I said, tell me about the process of moving to the UK. What do you think she replied? Individualism, anonymity, the rarity of paying bribes or perhaps some difficulties in adjustment. A man might say something like that for sure. But women from patriarchal countries always give the exact same answer and I quote one thing that shocked me was that I could walk down the street without being harassed I started walking working at a restaurant coming back at midnight I was scared because there were drunks students and that signals something's going to happen and in Uzbekistan the blame would be on me why why had she been out at that time but those people didn't even look at me And I was like, wow, this is so cool. That's so cool. So, so cool." Sexual harassment persists in many parts of the world. A policeman in Fez, Morocco, stopped a young woman asking to see her ID. After inspecting, he grinned. Okay, I'll wait till you're a little older. Another time, a taxi driver wouldn't let her leave the car till she gave her number. In Punjab, Calcutta and Haryana, women told me they were taught to look down so as to prevent male attention and possible harm. By acting as good girls, in quotes, they prever- preserved social respect. For them, the most important part of immigration was feeling unafraid while looking up. Now, European and American city streets weren't always so safe. Sixty years ago, sexual harassment continued with impunity. London's Fleet Street was a total boys' club. Women were treated as servile secretaries and sex objects. Men patted their bottoms, complimented their shapely legs, while monopolising important reporting. A woman who attracted attention only had herself to blame what was she wearing why was she out so late objectors were derided as killjoys it's just a bit of fun fearing for her daughter's safety my grandmother imposed strict curfews now how did europe and north america become safer before discussing all important feminist activism i think it's essential to recognize its ideological foundations the 1960s counterculture the spirit of 68. In North America and Europe, university enrollment soared over the 20th century. Leaving their families behind, students enjoyed newfound freedoms and fraternity. The 1960s counterculture challenged gerontocracy. Protests erupted against the Vietnam War, while rock and roll music celebrated a spirit of rebellion, and people got loose on recreational drugs. This culture of youthful resistance was enabled by job creating economic growth, urbanization, democratization and universities. Students had the time, fraternity and economic autonomy to think for themselves and to organize for alternatives. In Zurich, I interviewed a leading Swiss activist, now rather elderly, For her cohort, 68 marked a new era of secularism, liberal tolerance, individual rights, independent critique, and a growing belief that change was possible through mass mobilization. Now, and I stress, sexual liberation did not guarantee female safety. Young women wanted to enjoy the night, just like their male peers, but it was still a man's world. Rapes and murders were frequently reported across Philadelphia, San Francisco, and L.A. What happened next is that feminists took back the night. In 1976, a Tribunal of Crimes Against Women met in Belgium. This was a People's Tribunal, much inspired by Bertrand Russell's People's Tribunal on Crimes in Vietnam. Over 2,000 women from 40 countries came to share tales of abuse and demand public safety. And so began decades of feminist activism to take back the night. At hundreds of American universities, women demanded, and I quote, our right to be free from fear, to proclaim our refusal to live in cages. After 14 women were killed in Montreal in 1989, protests erupted across Canada. The third Friday of September was declared the evening for nationwide marches. Now, you may be wondering, what's the point? Marching and chanting, well, synchronous group activities facilitate group bonding, a feeling of unity and strength. No longer alone and afraid, protesters realise their strength in numbers. Peer support emboldens a sense of righteous resistance, a belief that change is possible. As detailed by two Swedish activists, and I quote, I stood in a sea of women. Women gathered in their belief that we are just as valuable as men. There were speeches, there was singing, and it felt warm all over. I went from there as a strengthened feminist. We are so many. We take care of each other. We take that place and feel the strength in doing that. I assume that many feel very strong and happy and a strong sisterhood. So these are reverse dominance coalitions, rising female labor force participation, free thinking universities, democratic politics, a culture of litigation and open media enabled myriad women to keep chipping away at the patriarchy. Uh, BBC journalists in the 1970s showcased sexist double standards by pinching men's bottoms. It wasn't just a bit of fun. It was assault. You can see the uh, sketch on my subject. Women's committees assembled in the GLC, that is, the Greater London Council, Manchester, the Netherlands, and subsequently North America. They commissioned user studies on women's safety. In 1985, almost 50% of women in Toronto said they felt unsafe in parking garages. Women reiterated fears of perverts and prowlers. Now, patriarchs dragged their heels, but women kept up the pressure. In 1986, the U.S. Supreme Court recognized sexual harassment as a violation of Title VII. Within a year, reported cases surged from 10 to 624. Cases continued to multiply and garnered media attention. Women claimed their rights and demanded respect. Feminist marches, media critiques, municipal women's council, on litigation are all examples of reverse dominance coalitions. They were enabled by the spirit of 68 and democratic institutions. In in Russia and China, by contrast, Mijka was suffocated. So let me summarize. It is no longer remotely appropriate to bat a young journalist's bum or compliment her ample bosom. Norms have changed. Toronto today feels incredibly safe. East and South Asian students walk freely. Late at night and unafraid. That's that's a really important aspect of gender equality. That is, can a woman peacefully read a book in a public space without worrying about social condemnation, harassment or assault? This is Rocking Our Prize and I'm Dr Alice Evans wishing you all the very best.